Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. This is It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati with Lindsey Patterson and Mike Santagata. We are back on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati. Lindsey Patterson, Mike Santagata. We go offensive line a lot in the offseason. We have a guest again this week, Brandon Thorne, one of the O-line gurus. You can find his work over at Bleacher Report. Brandon, how you doing? I'm doing really good. Uh, excited to talk some offensive line. Thank you for having me. Yeah, plenty to talk about with the Cincinnati Bengals. I joked off offline that we've pretty much have been talking about the Bengals offensive line since Andrew Whitworth, Kevin Zeitler left. It's always a topic in Cincinnati. We're going to start with the big free agency news. It happened a little over two weeks ago with Orlando Brown coming to Cincinnati. What did you think of that move? You know, I was surprised, I think, like everybody else. But, um, you know, especially when you look at the contract uh, compared to other left tackles and the value of it, I think, was certainly uh, really good for Cincinnati and, you know, an upgrade at the position, um, even if maybe not a, a huge upgrade. But in terms of reliability, durability, that that certainly is an upgrade. And then uh, in the run game as well, and just just a totally different kind of player. Um, so yeah, all in all, I think it was a, a really good move and, and had some good value as well. Before we yeah. get to some of the draft prospects, I'm oh, sorry there, Mike, um, no, I wanted to switch over to right tackle really quickly because Jonah Williams has been in the news. He was their left tackle before a really surprising move with Orlando Brown over at the left side. And, uh, right now there's a little bit of a trade demand from, from Jonah Williams camp, but at the moment they're still expecting him maybe a prospect, maybe Leo Collins at right tackle. Can we talk a little bit about that transition that you think for Jonah Williams, if he is starting at right tackle to begin the season? Yeah. Um, 
you're you're probably getting the the same kind of guy that you are at left tackle. Uh, you know, if you look at his last three seasons and you kind of average that out, I think I've, I've said this on Twitter as well. But like, you know, if you average that out, I think you get kind of a middle of the pack starter at left tackle, and I I don't see why he couldn't be that at right tackle either. Um, you know, I first became exposed to Jonah Williams at Alabama, his true freshman year starting at right tackle at Alabama, and he was really good then. Uh, hasn't played it in a while, obviously, but he has done it at a high level. And I, you know, I, I think you're probably getting the, the same kind of player over on that side if he does play that side. Yeah. Uh, I think of switching sides almost kind of like uh, in baseball, switch hitters. Some guys can do it, some guys can't. Um, so if he's able to do it before, maybe it's like riding a bike. I don't know, but I've never done it at the NFL level. Those guys are big and fast. Uh, what do you think with uh, left guard Cordell Volson? What do you think he can improve on this season to become a more reliable starter for the Bengals? Because I think he's pretty much penciled into that spot. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I think it comes back to really technique for him because I, I don't see him getting, you know, necessarily more athletic, uh, you know, or, you know, his movement skills improving a whole lot. And that was kind of, you know, pretty below average, I think, coming out of North Dakota State. Um, so in terms of the things that he can improve, uh, you know, I really think it's, you know, from my scouting report coming out is kind of the same things I saw, you know, as a rookie uh, last year. I think pad level, you know, you know, tendency to rise. His base kind of gets narrow in the run game when he's driving guys off the ball and it causes him to fall off blocks you know, a little bit uh, against guys who are really shifty and slippery. Um, so I think just playing with better leverage, you know, pad level and also hands as well, just, uh, you know, resetting those, refitting those more efficiently, um, just so he can sustain blocks, I think, mm -hmm. at a higher level. Uh, you know, I think that that would probably maximize, you know, what he can be as a player and make him a little bit better. Uh, but yeah, I, I think, there, there's some room for improvement for him, not a whole lot, but, you know, those are the, the key areas, I think, uh, just because when you watch him, I think just the tendency to kind of fall off blocks, uh, you know, is, is still there and it pops up a little bit. At the moment, the goal is, and we were just talking about Jonah Williams over at right tackle, and there is a possibility that at 28, they go get an offensive lineman. When you look at some of the draft prospects, who are you looking at for the Cincinnati Bengals if they're looking at the right side? Yeah, I mean, I think the obvious one is Darnell Wright from Tennessee. Uh, if he if he's going to be there, um, you know, he's one of my favorite guys in the class. I actually compared him to Leo Collins. Uh, so you know, natural fit. Um, if they want to get bigger, stronger, more powerful, you know, on the offensive line, he's probably the most powerful offensive lineman in the class. Uh, certainly better on the right side than the left as well. Um, so he's the kind of the clear cut guy you know that you would you would want to put a right tackle uh, on the Bengals, and he makes a lot of sense from what they like at the position um and it's yeah i mean it's just a natural fit and i think it'd be it'd be awesome to see him him go to cincinnati uh so that one really is the main one at 28 uh you know i it's hard to kind of foresee a another tackle being worthy of that, that's going to move over to the right side, assuming some other guys are gone, like Peter Skronsky, Paris Johnson, Broderick Jones. Um, I don't know if Anton Harrison is 
you know, capable of playing right tackle at the same level that he can play left, but that would be a potential option. Uh, Dewan Jones is a potential option as well. It'd be kind of crazy to have, you know, one of the few guys as big as Orlando Brown on the right side, you know, and Dewan Jones. So he's a possibility there. I think that's a little high, but I wouldn't be surprised to see him go in the first round. So I think those three names are probably the guys that I would look at first and foremost at right tackle at 28. Yeah. Do you think, because it feels like there is a drop off, because I don't think Dewan Jones makes it to pick 60 in the second round. Do you think there's a guy that could realistically be there that could play, compete for the right tackle spot after pick 28 for the Bengals? So pick 60, 92? Um, yeah. So assuming maybe Jonah Williams is gone and, yeah, mm-hmm. they'll have to compete with Lowell Collins, I guess. Um, you know, if right away, I mean, the only guy, there's maybe a couple, maybe Matthew Bergeron from Syracuse or Tyler Steen from Alabama. Uh, both of those guys would have to switch positions, though. Um, so there's that uncertainty there uh, of moving sides. But, yeah, those would probably be the only two, based on what I've seen so far in this class, uh, that would maybe be worthy of that. That's still, you know, maybe a little high uh, for, for me, but I think uh, those two guys, and they're both kind of bigger, more physical guys who are better run blockers than pass protectors as well. So, you know, that kind of fits, you know, in, in the mold of what they like as well. So those are two names that I would probably throw out as possibilities there, but ideally a little bit later. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. If you're the Cincinnati Bengals right now, Leo Collins is still on the roster. It's been really unfortunate because I felt like he battled injuries most of his season here last year, and then he tears his ACL. He did that in December. We don't really know if he's going to be ready for September, but you don't really have to rush him if Jonah Williams is over there playing right tackle. What would you do if you're the front office with Lyle Collins? Are you still keeping him on the roster, or do you think you know he's going to be able to be maybe the old Lyle Collins I think that they were hoping for? Yeah, really good questions. Um you know, it's, it's hard to say. I, I guess it really comes down to the value of it in the contract situation, which I, I don't know all the details of. Uh, but if you can keep him at a bargain kind of deal, then I think it you know makes a lot of sense to just see what he has left. Um, but it's just unfortunate to kind of see his, his decline uh, last season and then now with an additional injury to deal with on top of that major hip injury he had in Dallas before he got to Cincinnati and then some back stuff. Uh, you know, it's just his body is just broken down. Um, so he, he isn't what he was on track at being, you know, in that 2019 season when he was maybe the best run blocking right tackle in football. Um, so I, I just don't know, uh, you know, what he would have left at this point. Um, but again, if, if you can get him, you know, I don't know what his situation is with the contract, but you know, at like a bargain kind of price, then yeah, I'd say it's just, it's a dart throw, you know, to see, you know, how he comes back, you know, physically, if he can at least get to the level he was last year, and then hopefully maybe a little bit better being further removed from that prior injury, but the ACL complicates it. It's just, yeah, it, you know, it's, it's tough. I, I don't think you can go into the season with him as your clear cut starter. You have to have some, some youth in there if, if Jonah Williams is gone. So yeah, that's kind of where I am with Lyle Collins. Do you think, it would help him at all to move inside like he used to play back in Dallas, maybe so he doesn't have the athletic, you know, you still have to do, have athleticism on the inside, but 
he wouldn't have to be setting out to TJ Watt and things like that. Yeah. So I, I guess that would be left guard. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's again, I guess a similar kind of thing for me. It's, it's worth a shot. Uh, you, you know, it would, you know, prevent him from having to, you know, set out in space on defensive ends and, you know, mitigate that a little bit. So I, I think that's, that's a viable option. And if he's willing to do it, yeah, I, I think, uh, sure. Why not? Yeah. Going to camp, you know, with him competing at left guard with Volson, that'd be, that would actually probably be a, a good idea just to see if he could push him, maybe potentially win the job. Who knows? Yeah. I, that's kind of a last ditch effort to see if you can extract some value from him that I think is, you know, it, it makes sense. Some would say the Bengals are an offensive line away from a Lombardi the year before, and then last year at least making it back to the Super Bowl. Unfortunately, Joe had uh, three offensive linemen out for the AFC Championship game. But overall, when you look at the signings of Alex Kappa last year, Ted Karras, we already talked about Cordell Wilson, to be determined at the right tackle position. But then you bring Orlando Brown in. Overall, when you look at this offensive line protecting Joe Burrow, what do you think of it? I think it's solid. You know, uh, I'd probably say, you know, middle of the pack. Uh, if everybody stays healthy, um, you know, you can win with this offensive line. I think that's the best way to categorize it. You know, it, again, you know, like we said, right tackle is a big question, but if you could get a, like a bona fide guy at right tackle in there, then I think you're looking at, you know, an above average unit that uh, you could certainly win with. And there's, there's some depth there, you know, with guys who have had to play meaningful snaps last year and now we're on the bench. That's always nice to have your bench, you know, with, with meaningful snaps and starts, uh, you know, so that, that could be a luxury that they could have, uh, you know, if, again, I think addressing right tackle is, is really the key, you know, to kind of bump them up a tier. Um, but yeah, it's, it's fine, you know, right now, but, uh, yeah, I think, you know, Darnell Wright would be, would kind of complete things there for sure. I think that's the dream. Definitely. Yeah. Um, well, do you think there are, because we talked about depth and they missed three pieces that kind of killed them in the AFC championship game. Are there any mid late round guys in this draft you think have something to them? Maybe not this year, but you know, depth piece now could compete later. On the inside specifically? Sure, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, definitely. I mean, there's, you know, like my – I think he's probably going to be my third center in this class. That's Ricky Stromberg from Arkansas. He's a guy I like. Um, you know, good run blocker. Um, you know, decent pass protector, but he, he plays with good leverage. He's very physical. Um, you know, kind of reminds me a little bit of like a David Andrews, you know, guy, uh, kind of guy. I, I like him a good amount. Uh, you know, that's, that's a center guy. He hasn't played guard. Um, I, I've heard that he probably can play guard, but he just hasn't done it. He's, he's strictly a center. So that's a question with him. You know, this isn't necessarily a mid round guy. I think everybody knows about Cody Malk from North Dakota state. <laughs> You know, he might go in the second round, you know, third round, something like that. But he, to me, is, you know, more of kind of like a third round kind of guy who could develop into something, uh, you know, later down the line. I'd throw him out there. Most of the other guys that I've graded so far are either like, you know, second or third round or like sixth or seventh round. So I'm still searching uh, for, you know, those that third, fourth, fifth round kind of guys. Um, I, I, most of these guys are centers as well. Like Luke Whipler from Ohio state, 
he's a little bit behind Stromberg to me, but he's more of an athletic kind of guy. And I don't know if that necessarily fits, you know, what Cincinnati would want. Stromberg is probably the guy at center that I think would fit a little bit more what they would want. Um, and then, uh, yeah, guard, I haven't seen somebody necessarily to, to come in there and, you know, I would maybe throw out Chandler Zavala from NC State. He's a potential guy, you know, fourth, fifth round. That I th- that I think he's a bigger physical guy. That I think could you know, kind of be in that Volson mold. You know, mm-hmm. compete, add some depth, things like that. So, yeah, there's there there's a couple, but you know, um, I think the depth that they have now is probably fine. And I don't know how much you're going to upgrade that. You know, depending on where you where you're drafting it, you know, you, you probably have to go second, third round, you know, to upgrade what they already have. Brandon Thorne, you can follow him over on Twitter. Brandon Thorne, NFL O-line analyst for Bleacher Report and Establish the Run. I know you're getting plenty of tweets from Bengals fans talking about their offensive line over the last couple of years. Thank you so much for joining us. Absolutely. Thanks for having me.